Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Need I Say More? My name is Giuseppe. That's Terrence. Yeah, yes, sir. Terrence, we got a we got a special episode for everyone today. Yes. Need so, I say more? I mean, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so we were, we what we were gonna do um, was we were gonna record special like, you know female correspondent as we as we've been doing, but then we got to talking uh, to Jalen, who you're gonna hear in a minute, uh, and she's just endlessly fascinating. I mean, am I wrong about that? Yeah, we had a lot of fun having this conversation and it was a there was no way we were going to be able to fit it into one episode. Yeah, we didn't want to cut it off like because it just it was a good conversation and then it just we ended up recording a ton. So basically the plan is what you're about to hear is the first half of what we recorded and then next week, one week from this when you're hearing this, I'm not sure when we're putting this out. <laughs> one, I think one week from when you're hearing this. I think we're putting this out on April 3rd. So if that's the case, one week from then April 10th is when you're hearing episode two, part two of this, I should say. Um yeah. or just look for us on Twitter and we'll tweet the link. Yes. You can follow us on Twitter at need I say more pod, or you can email us at need I say more pod at gmail.com. Look how um, cool he said we are. Yeah, I know, right? It's just it's like almost like we planned all of this. Um, but yeah, anyway, so the, the, what you're about to hear is just a, a kind of extended interview with Jalen, who is a, a sex worker. Uh, very, very cool episode. I think you're going to really dig it. Um, that's about it, right, Terrence? Anything else? No. Um, enjoy. Yeah, enjoy. Hello. Hello. Hey. Hi. Welcome, to, <laughs> welcome to the Need I Say More podcast. How are you? Good. How are y'all doing today? Good. My name is Giuseppe. You might know my friend Terrence. I do know T. Hey T. What's up, Jay? How you doing? T and Jay can known us names. Um, what is your name? Can we have a brief uh what would you what is your name and then just give like a description of you, I guess, just for all the people listening. And yeah, why so we name... kind of brought you on because it's it's gonna be super important. Well, I mean, we brought her on because we want to talk to her. Yeah, so my name is Jalen. I am a former dancer, I guess is the term that we're going to be discussing today. I actually prefer the word or the term sex worker, which we can talk about in more detail. Um, Definitely gonna now I'm curious. (laughs) Later on in the show, I worked in New York, Baltimore and Philadelphia. I I'm currently not working technically, but considering going back to work. Um, Is it COVID related as well? COVID related? No, it's not. It's more so just, you know, leaving the lifestyle and having these ideals about saying things like, oh, well, once I leave, I'll never go back. And then finding yourself in a situation later in life where you're thinking to yourself, oh, actually, no, I uh may go back right so kind of kind of challenging your own big question about that but i think i'll let joe go first (laughs) well i think i'm sorry i think you say you said you're a sex worker yes i am a sex worker can you be more specific because i that can mean many things i feel like yes okay so i'll be super specific but i actually have something i want to say first before we get too deep absolutely so T, I want to thank you for giving me the space Uh-oh. to come on this show um, and oh, share nice. my experiences because 
this is actually going to be the first time I've ever talked about these things in detail in a public space. Wow. So exclusive. Terrence, do we have any exclusive music? We, we have exclusive an exclusive. Music. I didn't know we were getting exclusive, but I'm super <laughs> I down feel, for it. I feel quite honored now. Yeah. And, you know, I've definitely talked about bits and pieces of my story with friends or um, other workers, but I'm sure there's going to be some things that are going to come up that I've never shared before. So I just want to thank you for that space. And also, you know, obviously, T, if I had never worked in the clubs in New York, I would have never met Prima. And if I had never met Prima, I would have never met you. And so it's all just very like serendipitous and cosmic Prima is to Corey me. For, the, uh, for the listeners. Oh, see, I didn't know if we were using names or not. So yeah, yeah, no, no, no. we that? speak, we speak about her. There. What Prima is Corey? That, what is that's bias? a nickname that uh, Jay has for Corey. <laughs> Prima. <laughs> okay, we're getting, we're already already getting interesting. It means cousin. It means cousin in what Spanish? Yes, in yeah. Spanish. Does it? Interesting. Yeah. Italian. It, does, it is yeah. not anything close to that. Female Prima cousin. Is, Prima is before <laughs> in, in Italian. So. Um, <laughs> Okay, well, that's off to a good start. Um, I'm we're glad you joined us. I think this is gonna be absolutely good, but um, but yeah, I guess, um, yeah, what is a sex worker to you? So, a sex worker is a really big umbrella term, and I'm actually gonna quote Wikipedia, which I know is like not always the best source, but Wikipedia is great. (laughs) (laughs) I love the way they explain it. So basically, sex work is the exchange of sexual services, performances, or products for material compensation. It includes activities of direct physical contact between buyers and sellers, as well as indirect sexual simulation. Sex work only refers to voluntary sexual transactions, thus the term does not refer to human trafficking and other coerced or non-consensual sexual transactions, such as child prostitution. The transaction must take place between consenting adults who are of the legal age and mental capacity to consent and must take place without any methods of coercion other than payment. I'm going to skip down a little bit to. Okay, so it, was not, it wasn't against your will. Is what we're yeah. Doing. Consent comes yes. up a few Thank times Christ. or not. Thank Christ. Types of sex work include, but are not limited to street prostitution, indoor prostitution, such as escort services, brothel work, massage parlor related prostitution, bar or casino prostitution, phone sex operation, exotic dancing, lap dancing, webcam modeling, pornographic film performing, and nude peep show performing. That's so many things that you could be right now. That's a lot. Yeah. Just to say like I'm a sex this is, worker. This right? is why I asked. I've heard sex worker used in multiple ways. That's why I was like, what, which branch are you in? So that's the interesting thing right is that it's very it can be very fluid or it can be very singular there might be some people who just are quote dancers or quote strippers there might be some people who are just phone sex operators there might be some people who i would even broaden this to include relationships like sugaring and girlfriend experience types of relationships okay we need to pause um, for a second. what is sugaring is sugar that like daddy? a sugar sugar daddy sugar baby situation that's what it is it, exactly, too, exactly sugaring i'm learning so much already his great sugaring so <laughs> all of these types of activities sort of fall under this umbrella term of sex work because there are similar 
labor ramifications for the types of conditions or the types of work environments that a worker would find him or herself or themselves in when they're engaging in this type of work. And so that's why for me, I just prefer that term because I would rather not create barriers within the industry because ultimately all of these types of work need to be validated as labor because that's what it is. I mean, we're Mm -hmm. laboring a product that is being, you know, marketed or sold to a consumer in a capitalist society. Sure. Sure. Now you just said sex worker, right? But like, after you read that description and everything like that, I would kind of put it under a hospitality umbrella. Well, what, okay. Can we just say what it is then? Cause I'm still over here wondering what is, is you did. So for me, I have dabbled in the dancing aspect, the lap dancing, erotic dancing. Um, and I've also dabbled in what would be considered indoor prostitution in a way. Um, and that was mostly conducted through the clubs themselves, which some clubs have, there's different types of clubs and I, I can go into that, um, So in New York, for example, where I made the most of my money, those are called gown clubs, where you wear like a very expensive evening dress, you wear high, you know, caliber jewelry, you may go eat dinner in the club with the client, and then you're doing mostly what's considered private rooms. Um, Now, I'm not by any means insinuating that everybody who works in that type of club is engaging in prostitution. I never engaged in it in the club itself. Um, But when you're meeting those types of clients, there can definitely be situations that arise where you may, you know, engage those clients outside of the club at a later time. Um, That's a huge difference, I would say, from like other clubs where I worked in in Baltimore, which I would consider like, (laughs) I I wouldn't say they're like booty clubs, because when I think of like a booty club, I think of like Atlanta or like Houston, and I never worked at like a booty club like that. And those are those (laughs) booty clubs. Those are considered, quote unquote, strip clubs, right? There's a difference between strip clubs and what did you say? Gown gown club, a gown club. Yes. Right. Yes. There's a difference between those two, right? Yes and no, because in the gown club, you know, you still went on stage, you still performed, you still worked the floor, you still made money doing lap dances. It's not to suggest that that didn't occur, but the primary goal working in the gown club was to sell the room because the room is a much larger profit for you than a lap dance or the stages. In fact, the club where I worked at the most in New York, we didn't even have a pole until I want to say like my second or third year working it. Like people would come in and they'd be like, uh, is this a strip club? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, well, where's the pole? And I'm like, oh, we don't got that. We got rooms. And they're we like, got oh, rooms. What, <laughs> yeah. so wait, what's the, what's the room numbers? What are those numbers? What's the like? room numbers? What are like, numbers? what does it cost? <laughs> you know, like, oh, what, what the cost. Those? I thought you meant yeah. like literally room 102. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, like, what's the, that makes what's more the sense. No, I, I thought that too. I'm like, yeah, I was like, who gives a shit about that? Tell a weird question. Yeah. The, the, so the cost, the cost makes more sense, but I'm sorry. I, I need to know. Maybe this is, I shouldn't be asking. Joe's baffled right now. You said, no, I'm not baffled. <laughs> I just need to know what we're talking about here. You said indoor prostitution. So is there, there are sexual acts going on in these, like you're going into a room or are they still like lap dance type stuff? It's going to vary for me. I didn't, like I said, I never did sexual acts in the club because even at that young, I was obviously younger than, than I am now. This was in 2013 when I started doing this. 
Um, I at least at that age, as naive and silly as I was, I knew that the risk of getting busted and getting like a prostitution charge on my criminal record in New York City wasn't worth it. So for me, I just wouldn't take that chance. But there were definitely girls that I worked with who were definitely performing sexual services. um, And there were definitely clients who expected sexual services to be provided um, at that price point. For me, I made most of my money selling drugs um, in that <laughs> much type more of reputable environment. Yeah. <laughs> um, safer. Because, yeah, I, I mean, I thought it was safer at the time. You know, I can't really, I can't objectively give you an answer on what would have been a better charge to have gotten at that point. I don't know what the laws were at that time. Well, um, you know, no offense, no previous offense. And, you know, were you selling, literally... were you selling drugs for the club or just out of your own personal thing? Out of my own personal, like, yeah. because a lot of the clients. Well, you're no different than Jay-Z then. That's an entrepreneur. Right. And a lot of the exactly. clients that you're getting are coming from out of town. You know, it's midtown Manhattan. You're not going to get a lot of like locals. So you're getting a lot of guys from Australia, Europe, and they might be in town for a few nights. They don't know a drug dealer. They don't know like a corner guy. So they're coming to the strip club looking for drugs. And so you're able to make money as the dancer or the performer and get people to want to do private rooms because you're able to provide the drugs. So I'm not counting your pockets here, but it looks like right now we're up to like maybe two to three streams of income. Business is good, what it sounds right? like. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, yeah. like they say, in order to be a millionaire, you need multiple. So it looks like you're at like two to three right now. So you're on your way right? at that point, right? Well, and that's what I mean about like why sex worker is such a better term because like there are multiple streams of income, right? I'm not just making money from doing lap dances or doing rooms or, you know, moving cocaine. I'm making money doing a variety of different things. Allegedly moving cocaine. You know, it's funny. I don't know that I've ever seen cocaine in real life. (laughs) Allegedly. (laughs) That's sad, isn't it? Like, I feel like I should at this point in my life probably seen like hard drugs, but I mean, I'm surprised in New York City, they're, they're ramped, they're everywhere. It's everywhere, but yeah, you know, but I just what? don't. I don't go to like Joe clubs not, or anything. Like, I, yeah, I you know, maybe a you know. bar, but like, I'm not going. What the fuck am I gonna do to club? Like, I, you Joe's don't know what I look like, but I am I'm able to kind of have like a good balance because I was. <laughs> I'm the good be, side. I'm the devil. Yeah, yeah I was able to be in certain aspects of that life, but still have a friend like you who is not. So, like, it was able mm-hmm. to kind of like you know give you some perspective. Yeah, 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 I'm the know, I'm the devil. Like, I'm the good one on his shoulder. I guess the maybe I shouldn't be still awake at six a.m from no sleep that's just artist shit right there well and that's what i would say about you know this type of lifestyle like yes you do have those multiple streams of income but those multiple streams of income come with an expense of its own right so like you're never alive or awake during the day ever your entire lifetime is at nighttime um you don't have reported income in the same way that someone who works a regular job does so you want to get an apartment you want to buy a car you want to do these different things if they want to see pay stubs you can't provide that yeah most likely Mm, you're having to put down a large deposit for yes because you're not able to show hey i you know i make x amount of dollars every two weeks and it does vary right i mean there would be nights when you would go to the club and i would be in rooms all night long and it was great there'd be other nights when i'd be lucky just to get you know 
10 lap dances. So it's, it's more difficult than people think because it's not guaranteed in the same way that other types of labor are, which is why sex work in and of itself needs to be more legitimized as labor so that some of those barriers can be reduced, making it a little bit easier for people who do that kind of work to be able to lead what we, I would, I put huge quotes around this, the normal life. Um, because yeah, when you can't get an apartment, you can't buy a car, you can't, you know, apply for these different programs and things like that. It still puts you at a social disadvantage, even if right. you're not necessarily at an economic disadvantage. Interesting. That now, is Jay, an interesting you- thing to think about. I'm sorry, Joe, not to cut you off. No, no, do, you, do you think there is a stigma that is around women in particular that work? Oh, absolutely. In that, in yeah, that I, line I of work, you know, absolutely. And, and I mean that as far as like um, relationships, you know, and then you spoke about like, obviously, like in society is like to struggle, just even like kind of getting an apartment, you know, like the simple things that that's because like, it was under the table, not so much because of right. Stigma. But even so, like, you know, like if you know, you decide to get in a relationship with somebody and they're like, okay, well, what do you do or whatever? Like, like, do you use the term? I'm a sex worker. Like, do you say like, Hey, like I'm an exotic dancer. Like, you know, cause I've dated, I've dated dancers. So I know, and I'm, I'm accepting of it and everything's like that. But there are some dudes I know that are just like, I never, she's automatically, she's a hoe. Like, you know, and it's just like, whoa, <laughs> right. wait, that she doesn't even do that. Like, do you know, she's actually in school. Like she majors in like four things. She has like three degrees. Doctor, bro. You know, like and so like, do you think society is still putting that stigma on people that work in that industry? Like they're still holding it against them. Of course, I mean absolutely. And then I would even counter what you just said with like, okay, like what's wrong with being a hoe? Like why is that? Like we have to change the way that we see sex. Um, and the way we see people who enjoy sex or who sell sex, because we, we kind of, we have these ideas that like, okay, like if I'm married, then like sex is good. But like, if I'm making money off of sex, then like, it's bad. And like, and this is my perspective and the sex worker perspective, I would say that is shared more so in like the academic spaces where we research, like you know, trends in sex work and things like that. And it's like, ultimately stigmatizing, the stigma comes down to sex. And because women are seen as the quote, less dominant sex or gender, I should say gender, gender is a more appropriate term. Um, We are the ones who bear like all the stigma, right? So it's like, take, take sex work completely out of it. And it's like, oh, you lost your virginity when you were 15. Like, oh, you're a hoe. Or like, oh, you had sex with some guy you don't know. Like you're a hoe. Like nobody says that about like men, right? Like nobody's like, oh, like, he I used to say that about a friend of mine all the time, but absolutely. No, but you I mean, are. You what are, did we say last week? Right. Sex is overrated, right? If you're under, like that was that was well, my. Yeah, you process. were a little sex is overrated. Than me, I was more like sex is great. It's just not like this life. I I think it was over. Uh, yeah, right. At a certain age, like you know, for for those that are kind of like you know, oh, I need to lose my virginity and things like that or whatever, it's overrated at at a certain age. After that, it's kind of like it's it's your body, it's um, your choice. I will say you do bring up a good point about how we should get rid of that stigma because we our, our society is so like uh, a Christian Protestant. It's like you can't have sex with anyone until you get married. And it's just like, yeah, it's like it's a stigmatized if you love just to have sex. And that is just kind of bullshit because pretty much everyone loves to have sex. 
Yeah. And I mean, the reality is, is that people pay for sex too. Like people don't want to acknowledge that even within like feminist spaces, they want to demonize, you know, the men. They're like, oh, it's the, if we could just punish the men and stop the men from buying sex, then like all the problems would go away. And it's, it's like, one well, of there's the nothing oldest wrong. Industries ever. Oldest industry. Yeah. <laughs> well, me, Terrence, Terrence, have you ever paid for sex? Uh, not directly. What does that mean? I'm not talking about a steak yeah. dinner paying. I'm talking about like you give her money to have sex with you. Not directly. No. I mean, I don't know, you keep not saying directly. Not directly like I'm saying not directly because you indirectly pay for sex sometimes. I've spent yes, money on that's buying not bottles not, just because so I could sleep with a girl for the that's night. That's not the question. I've done that. But it's well, but it's essentially know. that's what I'm doing, right? Well, no, it's not because you could buy that money. You could spend that money on those bottles and it leads to nothing. If you go to a prostitute and say, I would like to have sex with you for this money. I mean, you're getting your product. I guess, but I have a motive behind what I'm doing. So I would throw, I would throw in the gray area, but like, what about a sugaring relationship, right? Like not every person in a sugar relationship is having sex with the sugar daddy and vice versa. So, but isn't the implication that if I'm, you know, paying your bills or buying you expensive things that you're going to have sex with me at some point, I think, I yeah, think right. it's a huge yeah, gray yeah. area. There's no, there's no, and that's what know a lot it really boils area. down to. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> the gray, gray area. <laughs> <laughs> but you brought yeah. up an interesting point, T, about dating. Um, and so I, my opinion on it has always been that I don't date while I'm working. That's just my prerogative. Really? Wait, so if I you're, no. if you're, so if you're a dancer, you're a sex worker, during the times you're employed, quote unquote, is doing that, no relationships. No relationships, no so romantic you're in a, relationships of any kind. So Jay, you're saying like if if I'm working in this industry for however long I may be working, I'm not having a relationship. No, that's what that was my no, absolutely not. That was my prerogative, and for me, and you know, this is I'm putting this out there as opinion only, like opinion warning right now. Mm-hmm. To me, I don't believe that it's really possible to do that in a healthy way because the two outcomes that I have always seen are that either one, the guy is okay with it and encouraging of it, in which case he's using the worker for his Uh. own benefit. So I've had situations where I've worked with girls who, you know, I had one girl in particular, I remember it was a Valentine's day night and, you know, I went to work because I had no man and she did have a man and, you know, they, went to dinner they you know went in the tub they had sex he bought her all this stuff you know she's thinking she's gonna have this romantic valentine's day night and then it gets to be about 10 o'clock and he's like so you know you're going to work tonight right and so she comes to the club and she's like all hurt because she's like i can't believe he like made me come to work tonight and it's like yeah who was this guy was he her romantic partner at the time but did he work there what is it what no, he didn't work there. So why does he, he care just, about? Yeah, that, that that doesn't. Yeah, I'm trying to like. Why was he like? Well, well, you're at work now, so like I, I wouldn't. What's that? Because about? they live. They live together, and she. They were using her earnings to pay uh, their she's rent. Breadwinner. How the fuck do guys find women like this who just do everything they want? I just fuck me. It's he a manipulation also, thing. He was good. also one of our suppliers for drugs. So he was helping. So she was pushing it to some of the rest of us as well. Sounds like a winner. She was the plug. Um, she was the plug. So that's scenario one. And then scenario two would be the one that T brought up, which is like guys will try to save you, right? Like I had 
a relationship <laughs> oh, after I started dating. Oh, that was, that was me. That was me. Nah, I was never right. this guy. Fuck that. Uh, yeah, I was Captain Save a Ho. No, I'm yeah, sorry, so not, after... not ho, but I'm sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> nothing wrong with it. Okay, there's nothing wrong with being a ho. <laughs> you, say, you can use the word ho, but there's nothing wrong with it. It's, it's just what it is. What is it? <laughs> Captain save a sex worker? Is that what we're saying? Oh, yeah. Ho is fine. Ho is fine. <laughs> we're, we're, we're taking ho. that term back, Terrence. We're taking it back? Ho is becoming, it's just, hey, you have to have sex. That's all it means. It's not a bad thing. Like is it's ho not... okay? Is, is, ho can't be okay. It Are can't you be okay. listening to the conversation, Terrence? I feel like you I don't know. Really it just it just makes me. I'm sorry, Jay. It just makes me feel bad to just be like, that's okay to say like, oh. I mean, look, yeah, you okay. when you take back something, it gives you more power, right? So I I'm completely understanding of that. I guess ho it's is just take... someone who likes to have sex, like I like and does have sex. I say like a lot of sex. What's wrong with that? It comes down to terms, right? So like we live in a society now where everyone is a lot more conscious of the terms that they use and how the different ways we name things or call things can either uplift groups of people or can vilify or demonize groups of people, right? And so when it comes to this industry, I would give this person the same advice that I give any, you know, any other movement, right? Like, for example, if a trans person wants to be called trans, call them trans. Don't call them some other term that they don't want to be called. If a dancer wants to be called a dancer and not a stripper, call her a dancer because that's what she wants to be called. At the end of the day, we all get to choose what we want to be called or what we want to be. I hate to use the word labeled, but what you want to say about yourself, right? And so like for me saying that I'm a sex worker, that's me. But there may be lots of other people who work in my industry who don't want to use that term. And that's fine. I'm not here to like put my term onto everybody else. I've just adopted that term because I like the way, like I said, it encapsulates so many different identities because that's really what it boils down to, right? Like I think people sometimes oversimplify it. They're like, oh, I mean, like, you just, like, take off your clothes for money. Like, how hard is that? Like, that's, like, so easy. And it's, like... First of all, you don't have the body for this and (laughs) doesn't look good for you. So, yeah. (laughs) But it's, like, it's so much more than that, right? Like, yeah, I was a dancer or a stripper or an exotic entertainer whatever, but, like, I was also a girlfriend. I was a therapist. I was a drug dealer. I was a comedian. I was a divorce attorney. Like, Whoa, wait, I was a, wait, 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 I was a, a second. financial advisor. I was like a emotional support system. Like I was a spiritual counselor. Like there's so much emotional and psychological labor that goes into this type of work that I think that people oversimplify the types of interactions that you're having with these because you're interacting with people from all different types of like walks of life so wait so jay look i i want to touch really quick back to the relationship aspect right because i think there are a lot of men that don't understand like how hard Sex workers. Now I gotta kind of get comfortable saying yeah, that. Yeah, right? that's a good. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. Sorry, keep going. I was how gonna say, hard how, what is the that the job it takes on is? It? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that I wouldn't even just say men. I mean, I think that there's just people in general who don't. They just don't get it because they they can't see it. Maybe from like the client's perspective in a way, you know, like 
so I, you kind of reacted when I said divorce, divorce attorney. So, you know, there would be guys who maybe they're in the middle of a divorce and they want like a female perspective on like their, you know, wife or ex-wife's mind. And they can't ask her because they're at odds and they can't ask any of her friends because all her friends think he's a piece of shit. And then, you know, maybe their mom's dead already or something. And so like, who do you talk to? Right. I mean, it's like, you don't, you don't have anybody else to ask these. Right. Why would I pay for to? therapy people when I can pay for titties and ass, right? And, like, right. and I mean, addition to that. <laughs> and I would argue that a therapist is a much more appropriate, you know, like outlet for a lot of these things. But you have to also consider like the, you know, inaccessibility of therapy, the stigma around going to therapy. You know, for some people going to a strip club or a brothel is more acceptable than going to see it there, which I know sounds insane, but that's just how our, our society, mental health in and of itself is something that has become a big buzz thing now. But, you know, in 2013, almost 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, people weren't talking about it the way that they are now. We didn't have right. definitely weren't. therapists and all that telehealth stuff. That stuff wasn't around yet. So you think about it, a lot of what sex workers have done, and like you mentioned earlier, it's an industry that has existed for thousands of years. A lot of it is that emotional. It's funny because I was just talking to a friend of mine who's a worker and I was talking about how, you know, I've never sugared and like we were just talking about that whole dynamic. And I was like, well, I mean, maybe I can do it. And she's like, but you have to be aware that that's even more emotional labor than what you're used to, because now you're dealing with somebody who wants companionship. They want a relationship. They want a long term commitment from you as opposed to somebody that's just coming into the club for the night and then going back to like the Ukraine next week or something like that. So we can say sex workers were the first form of therapy. I say, uh, yes, we can date this back. This, this is yes. proven now. So this is proven. Well, Jalen, what, what was it? Um, like, what were, what did you have to go through that you would say to be this? Like, obviously you have to keep yourself, I would assume in good shape, but also like mentally, like what did it take? And like, like, can you talk us through that a little bit, I guess? Cause that's what I'm kind of interested in. Like a lot of people. So, are. I was a pothead <laughs> during that entire time. I mean, I Kitty smoked. Cutty. Yeah, I smoked morning, noon, and night. Um, quitting cannabis is actually something I've been working on for the past year and a half or so. Well, you uh, would work on it when it's legal almost everywhere now, right? Like that's <laughs> yeah, when you would decide. Alcohol is like, legal, let's quit. but some people still <laughs> get like hooked in on alcohol. So. Let me let me not do this when everyone is allowing it to be okay now. <laughs> That's the point, man. It's not cool anymore. You know, you're like, oh, well, I guess. Right, exactly. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's just- <laughs> fine with it. Fuck this. Own. I'm not like the cool, like, you know, stoner girl anymore. Like everybody's a stoner. So. Yeah. Like your mom's is, is smoking. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, like, whatever. I can get this at the corner store. <laughs> yeah. Literally, you get at the corner. So it's like Facebook. Everybody's on Facebook. It's like, oh, God, Facebook's I'll never lame. be caught dead there. Yeah. Facebook's lame. TikTok will be there soon. Can't be there. But no, I mean, you know, at that time in my life, so I guess I could talk a little bit about too, like how I got into it, because I think that yeah. that is relevant. So that's super important, actually. And I, I only say that because, um, uh, do you, you know about the show? Joe, you probably don't know about this, but um, Jay, do you know about the show P Valley? Loved it. Loved, Loved it. it. Right. It was a great Loved show. It. But w- the reason why I think that's important, because um, one of the main characters on P Valley, she's running away from something. Right. And she went to the club 
and kind of just was able to use that as leverage. But then you have another character in there that is in an abusive relationship. And this is where she finds her freedom as far as like being in the club and being on stage or whatever. And there's another that is there. And this is where she's using this as a leverage for life. Like this is going to help me get out of this situation. Like I'm only doing this for a means to an end, you know? So I, that's why I think that that's like super important because a lot of people are just seeing this from what, you know, the TV or showing them or like, uh, you know, like, uh, what is it? The, the VH1 reality shows and things like that, but they don't actually know, like, you know, Hey, like this is why I did it. And I can say that because like I dated someone like, and literally her reason for, you know, continuing to be a, a sex worker was I made so much in one night that it was just like, I'm never going to work a regular job again. That And that was it. It wasn't like, uh, like yeah, I had daddy issues or anything like that. It was like, I made so much money doing something for two hours that it was no way I was ever going to work a nine to five ever again. And that was it. And I think that that brings up a really good point to keep in mind about the reasons why we can't generalize why someone does sex work because there is such a variety of reasons and a lot of times people like to harp up the like oh she had no other choice or you know she's running away and I'm not I was running away from something so we can talk about that in a minute but ultimately I think it comes down to the best choice for that individual at that point in time so a lot of sex workers are migrant workers. They could be documented or undocumented. And so for them, they're moving to a new place and trying to start a new life. And maybe this is the best choice based on the papers they may or may not have, the connections they may or may not have. There's other people like my roommate in New York at the time who she had a full-time job as an accountant on Wall Street. And she did this for side money so that her and her boyfriend could travel to like Croatia on the weekends, right? Wow. Um, Then there's some people who just like the flexibility, which is also a little bit about myself too, because I liked not being on a schedule. I liked being able to show up at different clubs and different cities and work when I wanted and not be, you know, hammered into this strict schedule. That appeals to a lot of mothers who have young kids who can't, you know, work during the day because they have to be up taking care of the kids, people who are disabled and aren't able to maybe travel, you know, or or work, sit at a desk all day. Um, There's a variety of different reasons why people would go into it, but ultimately it's the best option. I mean, like you said, what other job am I going to get where I can make $4,000 in a night? You know, like you said, in five hours, six (laughs) hours. Okay, I think we're we're getting all over the can, place. Can we so can we divide before, that? No, no, no. Before really before we get to that, I'm sure that I brought up. How did you get involved? So for me, I was so in my senior year of college. I had two kind of like bad things happen to me at the same time. So one of them was a romantic relationship, which I don't like to talk about in too much detail, but it was bad. Like it was just, it was really bad. Um, okay. and that relationship ended. And around that same time, I also got arrested and charged with drug-related charges, cannabis-related charges. Um, And so they weren't serious charges. They were my first offense. But coming out of, like, literally that happening, coming as I'm coming out of college, made it really hard for me to find jobs because I'm applying to jobs and not disclosing that information. They're finding it out and being like, well, why didn't you disclose us? You're disqualified. Disclose this. You're disqualified. 
or I'm going into jobs and being honest about it. And they're not hiring me because we're like, we have a criminal record. Right. So it was really hard to find a job. And around that time, I was still living back home in the DC area where I'm from. And I was just, you know, having a really tough time. And a friend of mine, well, I wouldn't call him a friend. Yeah, yeah, stadium. I never worked. See, I can't work anywhere in DC because if my dad fucking shows up, it's over. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, I can't even imagine. Wait, wait. that's a, oh, imagine. that's a whole nother thing, right <laughs> that's there. That's a plot of a movie or something. That's a- <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Like the last thing I need. My dad frequents Houston and DC, so I could not work in either of those cities. If my dad or my uncle or my nephews or any of them, like my nephews, so wait, you nobody my knows. Nephews? Uh, people do know. People do know, um, but at that time when I was Are doing we allowed it, to put a this lot. Out, Jay, I don't want to put this out, and someone comes across it. Or something? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I don't, I don't want to do that. Well, that's why I said that I'm thankful for you in this space because I do want to be honest. I think it's time that I open up about this because I think that one, a lot more people have been through what I've been through, and by us being more open and honest, we yeah. can help to normalize this culture because. Ultimately, that's what we want, right? Like, I want to be able to talk about my life and it be okay. Like, I was on a sex worker panel out here in Vegas a couple of months ago. And one of the workers who does street-based work was like, you know, I just want to be treated normally. Like, one of the biggest anxieties that I used to have when I was working was that I would shut myself off from like social interactions because I was terrified of the question of, well, what do you do? You know, like when you're at happy hour and everybody's like, so like, what do you yeah. do? You know, yeah. Yeah. like that interaction of itself was like dehabilitating anxiety for me because I'm like, I can't tell people what I do. So now I'm like making up these random like stories about like where I do work or don't work. And like, I'm sure people could kind of pick up like, okay, like, like it's just a really weird space to be in. And like, ultimately i want people to be able to talk about that we're gonna get back to like why you got into it but i gotta ask this what was like the best career you lied about when you when someone asks like what do you do (laughs) she's like i'm an astronaut actually (laughs) what was like the best one you say like i could just imagine because you can at this point you can come up with anything it doesn't matter because it's just a lie. Like, of course, so what you, was like you're the like, oh, I'm uh, I work in uh, philosophy. I'm I teach. And they're like, oh, me, too. And you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> well, right. That's the thing. You have to be careful because you don't know if someone's going to call your bluff or like ask deeper questions. So to be honest, yeah, I don't I mean, I never said anything too crazy, but I would just say, like, you brought up food service and retail earlier, which I think is an important connection to make because it is close to those industries. So I would say, like, oh, you know, I'm a waitress at Hooters or. I'm a waitress here, which I would do that type of stuff too, right? Like I would waitress, I would, um, (laughs) I would do promotional modeling or like, you know, things like that. But even those industries in and of itself, there's some stigma once you get to a certain age and everybody else is like, I don't know, college professors or Mm -hmm. accountants or blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, you work at like Sonic. Okay. Like, or you work at the mall. Like, okay. There's like all this stigma about you not being in a certain place that society says that you're supposed to be, or you didn't follow a certain path. So, and I mean, and some of that I know is my own internalized insecurity, which is things that I have to work on. You're not wrong about that. There are a lot of people, a lot of people who are like that. Like if you don't have a specific kind of a job or if you just say, if you were a sex worker, a lot of people would be like, what, you know? So. Right. And the point that the, the, girl on the panel made was she was like you guys talk about your jobs all fucking day i just want to have the space to be able to talk about my job and it be okay 
And that's why I think it's important for me and other people who are comfortable coming out and talking about our experiences to do so, because ultimately we just want to normalize it and make it safer for us to be, because when you keep an industry in the dark, which is why I like to bring up, you know, my past involvement with like the drug industry, because that's another thing that when you're keeping it in the dark, you're opening yourself up to a lot more risk because now you're having to hide, you're having to conceal, you're having to go through these lengths that put you as the worker or the seller at risk. When like, if we could just be honest about what's going on, it would break away a lot of the criminalization, a lot of the negativity that we experience in all of these black market industries. And then on top of that, it's extremely hypocritical that like, I can't sell my body, but like some rich guy can sell, you know, products that have been made with child labor in like Miramar. And like, that's okay. It's a good Nike, we're talking about you. Like, or like Mm -hmm. I can like, or I can like ship items all across the continental US and the, you know, the world globally, but I don't want to pay my workers a decent livable wage. I don't allow my workers to use the restroom. Like that's applauded in our society, but an individual can't like, sell there and it's not even like selling your body it's like selling your femininity or like selling your your presence like your your vibe like i can't sell that or like i can't sell weed on the street but y'all can sell opioids in a doctor's office like that's the type of stuff that we need to be more aware of and that's why people need to be able to come forward and you know share their stories okay so is there specific I'm sorry, we deserve the round of applause. We deserve the round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, (laughs) is there like a specific story or something you would want to talk about right now? Well, I'll go back to how I got um, into it, and then there'll probably be some stories that'll come out of that. So um, it was really hard for me to find a job at that time. So I I was, you know, super depressed because I'm a recent college grad. I can't get a job, like, blah, blah, blah. And I just gone through this bad grad, breakup. Ladies and gentlemen, let's not like just gloss over that. College grad, yes, point. four years undergraduate degree. There so, um, but you know, uh, uh, getting a criminal record can screw your life up. I mean, we can we could have For a whole sure. different podcast episode on how hard it is to get opportunities. And what's crazy is that cannabis got like decriminalized in Washington D.C. the year after I got arrested. So, had it been a year later, I wouldn't have even had that problem. But Yikes. at that time, Jeez. you had to basically go through a process to get your records sealed so that employers and, you know, landlords, everybody can't see it. And that takes about 18 months. So from the time you go to your first court date for 18 months after that, like that's on your record. So long story short, a friend or an acquaintance of mine um, actually like randomly contacted me the same day I was like going through it. And I was like, you know what? I just want to get out of DC. You know, my ex was still in DC. I just was like, I don't want to be here anymore. I want to go somewhere else. So I migrated like a lot of other sex workers do to New York. Um, And this acquaintance at the time, he had a nightclub in meatpacking district in the Gansevoort area. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I thought that I was going to be working at the nightclub. Like when he was like, oh yeah, come to New York. You know, I got you. Like you got a job. Like no worries. I'm thinking I'm going to be working in the nightclub. But you know, like y'all New Yorkers, y'all are like straight hustlers. Like the swindle was real. Y'all will swindle. (laughs) Swindle is real. So anyway, I get to New York and he's like, oh no, like we're actually not hiring at the nightclub. We're hiring at like this other company that I run. It's like this warehouse up in the Bronx. You're going to be like the secretary. 
So I was like, okay, well, it's better than like no job, you know, like, fuck it. I'll, I was living in Midtown. Kind but of I was a douchey like, thing to do, but yeah. And it actually, what it's technically called, which is something I just learned about myself. Um, I would recommend this book called Revolting Prostitutes to anybody who's listening, who wants to learn more about like sex work and its relationship to trafficking and labor trafficking. Because a lot of times people think that like trafficking is only like sex trafficking or like children being like abducted. And like, actually it's more likely that people get labor trafficked, which is like, say you're in one place and someone's like, hey, I'm going to get you a job in the US or I'm going to get you a job in Abu Dhabi or in London and you're going to be doing X, Y, Z. And then like you get there and they're like, oh, psych, you're not actually doing that. You're doing this instead. Now you're in this foreign city or this foreign place and you don't know anybody else. And so you have to accept this job that you're being given. And there are stories of people taking like people's passports and like not allowing them to lick. There's all types. And that's way more common than people think it is. And that's essentially what happened to me because I went there with one impression of where I was going to be working. And then when I got there, the situation was totally different. Um, so it wasn't a choice at first. You know, it's funny. Well, not funny, but what's interesting about that, that you were just saying, that's in a sense, that's kind of how slavery started. Not that we have to dive yes. into this, but it was started with in being indentured servants on false pretenses of America. And then it slowly spun into the slave trade. But anyway. No, I mean, it's, it's a capitalism is essentially like the exploitation of free or cheap labor. So you're trying to get people to labor for your profit for as little cost to you as you possibly can. Yeah, slavery technically comes from the plantation is where it like originated from. Like the same amount of people in like 1790 were working, uh, you know, in like 1860 on the plantation, but they were doing like five times the work. Mm-hmm. So it all comes from that. But anyway, and if you think about, about <laughs> and if you think about our current immigration crisis, right, and like how people will come here and work for so much less than what the average American would work, and they have no rights or no bargaining power, really. So it's it's all tied together. And so what this person basically did was he at the time I didn't know any of this, right? I'm just like a young, naive, like 21 year old, just trying to I don't know figure shit out. So I started working at the job. And this is, I hate to laugh about it because it's not funny, but it is in a way. Laugh about it so, now. <laughs> the ma- my manager at the warehouse was like this six foot five Dominican, like bald Dominican guy, right? And like, he was super hot. Like, I was not sexually attracted to him, but he was hot, right? So like, you can be, okay. you can acknowledge someone is hot and like not be attracted to them, right? Sure. But is that a thing? Is that a, he, is that a thing? Yes. Can I say someone's attractive without being attractive to them? Yeah. Well, can you, okay. can you, well, maybe let's say this. You can say some, you can say someone's attractive without wanting to sleep with them, right? Okay. Like, see, I, Ter- Terrence doesn't understand that because a few shows ago, I, I, I said his girlfriend was beautiful and he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I told him not to say that. And I was like, I, I can't say that. that. I can't say something nice about her. Nope. Absolutely. Can't say that in front of Terrence. And I stand by it. Yeah. And that's why you don't understand what she's saying because I'm acknowledging that your girlfriend is I stand by it. Not just wanting to sleep with her, but that's not too much. Of Terrence. I stand by it. Terrence, your matter. toxicity is showing. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you, Jason. Thank you. I don't give Finally. A, I don't care what either of you think about it, okay? I don't give oh, a okay. damn. All right. that We're going to take a break there. That was the first half of it. Um, like it was a good one. It was a good one. I don't want to spoil everything you just heard. Well, you're going to hear, I should say, because you already heard what you heard. Um, but yeah, oh, that, was, that was the first part. Like I said, tune in one week from today. April 10th to uh, hear the second part. And the second part is even better. I think Terrence. I, I think so. 
I think so. But just listening to that first part. Oh my God. (laughs) A lot of good stuff. (laughs) It's fascinating interview. Um, Once again, let's reiterate the, uh, the old handles. If you want to reach out to us, if you want to reach out to us to mention something to Jalen, cause she didn't, you know, uh, we can just tell her whatever you want or whatever it is. Uh, Terrence, hit him with the, the Twitter handle. Yeah, you can uh, hit us on Twitter at Need I Say More Pod. Um, if you, you know, just want to interact with us a little bit more directly, yeah, follow or, us or there. Just, um, you know, email us at Need I Say More Podcast nope. at gmail.com. No, same thing. Need I Say More Pod. Need I Say More Pod at gmail. I would be the one to mess it up, right? I mean, it's the same as the Twitter handle. So I know. I would be the one to mess it up. <laughs> it would right? be you, yeah. Need I say more pod at gmail.com. Nailed it. Um, but anyway, ladies and gentlemen, tune in next week for the second half of this very special, this very special, uh, what do we call this, Terrence? So, you know what? You've already seen what it's called. You don't need us to tell you, but it's going to be called More to Say. That's more our that, say. That's the mini, that's the spinoff of the main series. We've been asking ever since we started this, need I say more? And Jay Lynn had more to say. He did have more to say, indeed, as you just heard. So uh, we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.